So if I were thinking about this as a career ladder, right, I'm thinking I'm going to come in as a salesperson, then transition into sales manager role, and then I'm going to transition into this chief revenue officer. But the reality of it is that those are likely going to have differing disc profiles. Somebody who is a profile that is going to be very successful in sales may not necessarily be good in the sales manager role. Likewise, somebody who's in a really good in a sales manager role might not be able to make that leap into a self-directed role. So I would want somebody who is at least minimally influential, somebody who can get somebody to be on their team. We got to have somebody who's going to be able to be direct. That's where I would want to really key in on how somebody operates and you could say what's going to be best for your team. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and this week we are joined by NCG's Director of Operations and Senior Business Coach, Catherine Freeman, for a conversation that brings us back to the organizational chart. We're talking about the role of the Chief Revenue Officer also referred to as the CRO. Often a role spoken in the corporate world, its function and strategic intent have an important place in the world of small business, especially for those with growth-oriented intentions looking for a desire to scale quickly. In this episode, Catherine highlights the primary responsibility of a chief revenue officer, the relationship dynamics with the other members of the organization, and the type of individual who is inclined to best succeed in this position. Regardless of business size and growth intentions, it's a discussion that may bring new perspective in department alignment for overall profitability and success. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I am joined by Catherine Freeman. Catherine, how are you? Oh, Molly, it's so nice to be here. It's it's a, such a fantastic winter day here in the greater Northeast. I wish I could say the sun was shining, but it's not. It's not. We get many gray days here, but it's okay. We, 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 create, we create our own energy as much we as we do. can. We do. We really do. <laughs> yep, we sure do. Uh, well, it's been a little while since you and I have been on a podcast together, so I'm personally happy to to be back with you. And today we're talking about um, the role in hiring of a chief revenue officer. Now, this is uh, that the role of or the hiring of is a, a series that we've been kind of working on for a little while within Out of the Hourglass. We've done the role of a general manager, of a CEO, of a bookkeeper, of an HR department. Several of these actually have been with you. Um, so we're just we're moving that ball forward with the role of the chief revenue officer. Catherine, what is that role? Well, you know, it's a very interesting role when, when I think about it and when I think about bringing somebody on in this kind of a position for a business, it's about bringing departments together. You know, so much of what we do as an organization is around that revenue production. And so now we're talking about maybe different disciplines under one roof. And, and I like that idea um, because then you can have that sort of interplay of conversation mm-hmm. around it. So, so I, I like it from that perspective. Um, I was telling Molly though, before, you know, part, part of this though, is 
I I can hear Andrew speaking in the back of my head. (laughs) Um, Scary that when Andrew isn't here, I'm still hearing his voice. um, Because we were talking about so many of the job titles that we use in our world Mm -hmm. um, come from a corporate world. And chief revenue officer is actually a title that you might find at a larger public company. Right. And and so here, it maybe doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, one of my first thoughts was it's not a typical role that we hear in the small business world in working with our clients and looking at all the org charts the CRO is not necessarily one of the mainstays on that org chart, uh, but there is a degree of this role already kind of happening within every organization. It's maybe not defined by a person and and that role happening in the moment, um, but as our you know our clients grow and those org charts expand, there becomes that direction of where a CRO might become in a discussion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think when even us in our organization, right, we're, we're bringing sales and marketing together into one umbrella. And that's typically how I'm thinking about a chief revenue officer. I'm I'm thinking about those two areas specifically Mm -hmm. coming in and, you know, the person who's driving the marketing plan for the business has their finger on the pulse of how that plan is working and how we are actually generating our revenue as a result of the marketing plan. So it's, it's, you know, bringing these seemingly disparate disciplines together Mm -hmm. under one roof. Um, So Molly, you're, you're our chief revenue officer. Gosh, you just, you just got a promotion. I just got a promotion. I love when that happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for I think you know, when we when we dial it back a little bit and we think about you know our our clients and on their org charts, what this direction might look like. It's a sales and marketing director. You know that combined yeah. role grows maybe into that CRO because I think also CRO often involves. The, the customer support as well. Like yes. those of when you think about the three different, you know, channels of what that CRO is focusing on, it's that sales, marketing, and customer support. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm I'm so glad that you actually use that word director there because that that for me is probably the most descriptive uh, in terms of how this person operates within an organization and and maybe even lends itself to um, helping to define when a business might want to bring one on. But thinking about time span, right? How people make decisions, when they make decisions, uh, what in their position vision allows them to make a decision. That's really where something like this comes along because we're talking about a role where it's not just about rear view analysis. It's not mm-hmm. just about um, uh where, what leads were success, or excuse me, what sources were successful? Um, how are we closing? Um, did we spend the right amount of money on Google AdWords? It's about taking that data and now forecasting. And in forecasting, you're working with um, production on how many people are we going to need to make this happen? And how many sources are we going to have to actually go to in order to get the right number of leads, in order to get the right number of wins. So it's it's that director level of 
decision-making where somebody is thinking out one to five years, they're not, they're not just in the moment. Right. So it's like, it's using the data that we have now to be making decisions about the future and we know where investments need to be made, how, how different departments might be growing together or where they're, where they're growing, where they're seeing discrepancies of growth and alignment is needed in terms of overall success. I mean, it's, it sounds like a pretty complicated role when you think about all the moving parts. It is. And I, you know, but I, I think that with the right person in the right seat, mm. it, it actually doesn't have to be complicated. It, it is, you know, m- maybe you're taking what looks like a lot of different information from a lot of different sources, but it's, it's just about pulling to them together. And so when I think about a business and the transition of maybe somebody in a marketing manager role and then moving into something, let's call it a chief revenue director. No, let's call it, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call it, but you know, a director level role mm-hmm. where they're taking that information, people who, who can, um, who've got that ability and have proven within the interview process to be able to um, make those kinds of decisions and have fluency around those kind of decisions, it's not going to be complicated. It's going to be, it's going to be fun and energizing and exciting, you know, because now you're like, oh, I'm pulling this from here and this works. Right. And- there are certain people meant for these types, you know, these types of yeah. positions as there are kind of in every aspect. Now, at what point, Catherine, in a company's lifespan of growth, um, does, does a CRO role become even a matter of discussion? Like it's time to maybe consider adding this to the org chart. You know, and I and I think some of it does have to do with revenue size. I mean, we're not talking about this kind of a role in a in a two million dollar business, likely not even considering it in the five million dollar business. But if you've got a seven million dollar business that's looking to grow, I want to grow to be, you know, I've got a, a ten million dollar goal next year and within three or five years, I want to be between 15 and 18, I would consider something like this where you are pulling in those pieces. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned customer service because I, I think of that as being something that is almost an afterthought. And, right. you know, businesses who are busy strategizing and hiring people and blah, 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 blah. And then the next thing you know, you've got a customer service quagmire because you didn't take time to solidify some of those processes along the way. Um, somebody like this would be ideal for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I'm, I'm always mindful of, of the hire that you're making today isn't for today. It's for three years from now. And so maybe we would say between seven and $10 million, you are looking at that org chart and are saying, yeah, I can see us, you know, maybe solidifying some disciplines into one area so that it's easy. I picked up on one word that you said there, you know, a company that's looking to go from seven to 10 to maybe 15 to 18. I mean, so Ideally, if you are a growth-oriented company, that you are looking to scale and scale fairly quickly, this this kind of position is where it yes. makes it makes sense. If you yes. are, you know, if your vision for your company is a little bit different and you're looking to hit to, to get to a certain revenue goal, and that's that's kind of where you want to land, 
fantastic. But yeah. you know, visions differ. Um, yes. So, so this particular role that we're talking about is more so for those who are fast-paced, growth-oriented companies. Yes, right. And that's a you know, uh, um, when we think about growth, right? Growth as a as a word can be can be used in a lot of different ways. For some people, it is that rapid, scalable revenue, 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 twenty-five million dollars. Um, for some, it's you know, bottom line profitability, increasing operating profit, focusing on overhead controls. I mean, that's where as a, as a business owner, you have to think about your vision. What do you want? And if we're talking about increasing your bottom line profitability, then maybe I would rather that you spend your money on a controller. I would Mm -hmm. rather have you spend your money on somebody who is paying attention to that. You know, we're, as you pointed out, we're talking about small businesses here. There's not an infinite pool of resources. Um, so sometimes you do have to make a hard choice. Um, and it is about the vision that you have. And I, I will add, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but even if a fast-paced growth-oriented company is in you know, your, your, your goal at the very end, you have a you know, different vision, I think parts of this conversation of this conversation still align in the mm-hmm. sense that regardless your sales and your marketing should be communicating and talking to each other and having mm-hmm. meetings it doesn't just because you don't have a director in that position you know controlling both those departments and leading kind of the the path forward those departments still need to be communicating oh yes absolutely and you know to be clear that doesn't necessarily mean that one has to be in charge of the other mm-hmm. but in a but a, you know that's in a in a well functioning team conversations can be had the sales department can say we need more leads the marketing department can say we've got enough leads you need to do a better job of handling those leads you know so there's there's an opportunity regardless of your size for mm-hmm. those conversations to occur and for there to be um, appropriate pushback. That's fair. Now, I, I want to jump into kind of what this person, you know, looks like from a skills and, you know, behavioral personality standpoint. But I think before we go into that, understanding the, the relationship between the business owner or CEO and the CRO role, what, how, you know, what's the dynamic of that relationship? I can imagine it can be both best friends and also going at it at the same time. Right. Right. You know, I think um, in most of the businesses that we work with um, most, maybe not all, but um, most of the businesses, the business owner continues to have some influence on the sales role, whether it's because, that person has started the business and is accustomed to selling and maybe still has long-term clients that they're working with, or maybe that's the strength that they brought to the business at the very beginning. Um, I think in a, in that kind of a capacity, we certainly would say the business owner is going to want to have some input. Should we, should we say input? Uh, what I do also recognize, though, within a lot of the business owners that we work with is that most of them wouldn't consider themselves to be marketing experts, with a few few exceptions. Uh, most of them wouldn't consider themselves to be marketing experts. So I think they, the, our business owners might look at this role and say, I'm, I'm going to have an opinion on the sales part of it. And then that becomes, for me, a 
very important expectation conversation between the business owner and this director. What, what decisions can I make? What are we going to be comfortable with? Mm-hmm. How far can I push the boundaries? How far sh- can I push you? You know, if, if a business owner has, you know, 30 existing longtime clients that they're going to spend their time going out and doing estimates for, but that's getting in their way of strategizing. I might be really comfortable with somebody in this role saying, you know, like, get out of your way. Mm-hmm. I, I can have my team of salespeople handle this process and, you know, you can make nice and be friendly, um, but I, I need you be in the face of the business and growing. So some of it is about like that expectation and conversation. Well, it just came to me. And would you say that like this, this relationship between a CEO and the CRO can often be going back to our visionary integrator dynamic, like the CEO is a visionary, the integrator is the one really using the data to make those decisions yeah. happen. Yeah. I almost, I almost think that there's, you know, as we were talking about it, we were talking about it as revenue. And I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe we're actually talking about something in an operations role. Um, but I, I, I think really what you're saying and what I agree with is, you know, there's, there's a relationship, there's a push and pull to this relationship mm-hmm. that both parties have to be on board with and have agreement around how they're going to handle. Um, particularly if we, if we think about it on a time span level, you're hiring in somebody who is capable of making these decisions. Don't sit on that and don't, don't, you know, squelch that because that's, I mean, I, I hear from business owners all day. Like, I just want my team to make better decisions. I want them to make more decisions. I don't want them to call me. Right. It sounds like they're, they're often going back to this. There may be some good push and pull between the CRO and the COO, the operational officer, because that, I mean, the impact of the marketing and sales strategy and what operationally can be done. I mean, those, those two worlds have to really kind of work, work side by side. Um, Okay, right. so talk. Go I'm gonna just if I if I could because yeah. I, you know you say something there like, you know I I'm oftentimes when I'm setting up budgets with clients I'm thinking about okay so great we're setting up sales goals here you're gonna hire a salesperson that's all very well and good but you're going to need a thousand leads this year have you talked to the marketing department about that? The flip side of it is I've hired a marketing company. I've got, you know, I've got 6% of my budget's going to go to a marketing department. And I'm thinking, okay, does the HR department know that you need that many people? You know, so, so, you know, that's, that's really where, yeah, the, the operations and revenue generation, they need to be really speaking to one another. So because they had to be speaking so closely to one another, it's, obviously important that we're bringing the right person in to -hmm. this role. Um, You know, as we discussed, to me, it sounds like a complicated role, but as you said, to the person who fits it, it's like, it fits them well because they can foresee these, you know, the, the, the time span of the decisions that need to be made and the the data analytics. Um, When we think about the hiring of a position like this, uh, what kind of skills and behaviors are we looking for? You know, I, um, I think the, the natural inclination when we think about maybe this as, you know, so if I were thinking about this as a career ladder, right, I'm thinking I'm going to come in as a salesperson, I'm going to then transition into sales manager role, and then I'm going to transition into 
this chief revenue officer, right? That seems like a, a very lateral kind of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of it is that those those are likely going to have differing disc profiles. Um, somebody who is a DI profile or how we would define a, a, a profile that is going to be very successful in sales um, may not necessarily be good in the sales manager role. Likewise, somebody who's in a really good in a sales manager role might not be able to make that leap into a self-directed role. Um, so I would want somebody who is uh, at least minimally influential, right? So I, I want somebody who's got at least a little bit of an eye. I want somebody who can um, get somebody to be on their team, who can persuade somebody what winning looks like, who can um, have that sort of winning as a, 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 a verbal and maybe even written part of their job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do want a certain level of that D, decisiveness, definitive, direct behavior. Because again, now we're talking about somebody who's likely got a team. And not everybody on all teams always, they are 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 they always performers? And so we got to have somebody who's going to be able to be direct. Mm-hmm. Listen, I need you to, I need you to make sure that you're setting that next step agreement before you leave the home. Um, I need to make sure that we're focusing on the quality of these leads, not just on getting the number in the door. So uh, a level of D needs to be there as well. Um it's a data analytics role. I mean, we're t- we started off the call there, right? They're, they're looking at results in order to better predict the forecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably you need somebody who's going to be at least moderately detail-oriented. And um, if not moderately detail-oriented, um, grateful for the people on their team who are so that they can appropriately look at numbers. Um, so that's the profile that I want. Um, I'll, I'll also say that, you know, I think um, in, in, in terms of a behavioral style, that S or the consistency, the, the pace at which somebody works, um, I, I would allow for some flexibility there. I think if we've got somebody who's a low S and they're capable of transitioning from thing to thing, you know, you've, you've, you've got some maybe built in flexibility as you're moving from marketing to customer service to sales. Um, on the flip side, though, I mean, you know, uh, a high S is going to provide a lot of loyalty and a lot of intensity to each of the things that they're working on. And so I, I would say you could probably go either way there. And that's where I would want uh, uh, in the interview process to, to really key in on how somebody operates and what mm-hmm. their priorities are so that you could, you could say what's going to be best for your team. I would imagine just past experience and the credentials which they bring to that interview is really essential in understanding what their capabilities are and what kind of environments that they've had to make decisions in and and what capacity in the scope of scope of, you know, business sizes that they've, that they've had, had to function in this role. Yeah. And I do, I want a lot of situational questions asked and answered here. I want, I want very clear examples of how somebody has done um, as opposed to, sure, I can do that. No problem. I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing about um, good salespeople. 
people mm-hmm. with a higher eye and said, they can sell you on just about anything. Um, <laughs> but I, I want there to be a very clear example. So tell me about a time when you took an underperforming sales department and actually brought them to a higher win ratio. There's really not a lot of room for fudging there. Then there's a follow-up question. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Tell me, what was the conversation like when you spoke with this salesperson? How was the conversation different when you spoke with this salesperson? How did you get your marketing team involved in order to make the sales team comfortable with what was happening? So you're asking for that situational answer, and then you're asking follow-up questions. It's very, very difficult to be mm, untruthful. When yeah, I mean, those questions could definitely throw somebody who's not prepared for this particular position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you could see the squirming happening in the seat. Uh, yes, <laughs> if, yeah. if you were asking those questions and they really had never dealt with that before. So right. I think being able to both listen to answers and read their um, I'm totally blanking kind of body their language. their body language. Thank you. <laughs> read and I'm like. As Catherine can see me, and my hands are like, "What's the word?" <laughs> grasping for it. We've been all about that. <laughs> yes, um, reading the body language and how they respond to those questions too. Like, oh, yeah. is there confidence in when they explain to you either how they've handled it or how they would handled it, how they would handle it? Uh, I feel like that plays a big role. Be aware of how of how the energy in the room yeah. feels. Yeah, you know, I go back to that idea of clarity and expectations. Um, have a really clear sense of what it is that you're interviewing for when you look at something like this, when you're thinking about this in your business, so that you can ask the right kinds of questions. You're not just winging it. So if we're talking about bringing in customer service, marketing, and sales, what are the kinds of questions that you would want to ask around those three departments? So tell me about a time when uh, you may be oversold, overpromised to a client and um, you had to bring in both your sales professional and your customer service department. How did they interact with one another? How was the approach to solving the customer's problem? How did so see in each of those mm-hmm. in each of those answers, I'm getting another question. The question delves deeper and deeper um, so that you can you know make sure that you're making the right hire. So a, a well thought out, position vision would be critical for this potential new hire. There's, there's no racing into this, to this position. And you know, that we've got templates for those on the summit library and there's also a worksheet. So if you've, if you're sort of innovating something like uh, in a role like this, you know, so first there's the time span, how far out do you want somebody to be making decisions? And then there's, real clarity around what it is that you want them to achieve. What are the key result areas? Um, Without that, anybody is going to fail in your organization. Mm -hmm. I was reading somewhere in preparation for this uh, podcast episode that the, the chief revenue officer is like the builder mindset. So as you scale for growth, they are helping you build the departments that are needed to be a part of that kind of in advance of, of that scaling. And that, to me, just that, that descriptor of it made sense. Yeah. If you are, if you are scaling, you are, you are building this, this position is helping to build those revenue departments. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And which is why, uh, you know, going back to your vision makes sense. You're not looking at this. If you are a $7 million business right now and your vision has you at 25, makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. If you're at seven and your vision has you at 10, maybe not. Maybe it's it's a sales and marketing director, and yeah. that's kind of where that position is going to be kept. And again, mm-hmm. that's still a very important position with yeah. within within the organization. Just yeah. it, it's it's approached a little bit differently. Now, uh, Catherine, just to kind of bring us home here, because I feel like this is always one question we have we have to discuss from an accountability standpoint when we talk about roles within the organization. But what metrics and goals specifically? is the CRO responsible for or accountable to? So um, I'm going to bring in probably each of those departments and say, you know, I, I, I don't want a KPI system that's so complicated that, you know, after six months, nobody's paying attention to it because it's just too complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, in this role, I want to, I want to understand the net promoter score, I want to understand if we're hitting our revenue goals and I want to make sure that our win ratio is right on target. Um, There's a lot of numbers that could go in, in addition to that, you know, is our average size job up? Do we have a good win ratio by source? Uh, Do we have the right GP for the revenue? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of other numbers that you could consider, but really that's the three-legged stool, right? I want win ratio. I want net promoter score. And I want to know that we're making the revenue that we need to make. Revenue and profit, the profitability of that revenue probably maybe would be the seat on the stool. Yes. A rung. <laughs> the rung. A rung. I mean, so many, yeah, the, the KPIs <laughs> are the rungs and this yes. and this and the legs and the, you know, all building it all together. So many, so many components. Um, Catherine, anything else you'd like to add about this particular position kind of just overall in its theme? No, I think um, I, I think maybe I would uh, build on what you had just mentioned before, and, and that is, um, it's it's sometimes it's about you know building departments in order to scale. It's about aligning them as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got a, a, a business owner, president, CEO that is defining what the vision is. Um, Maybe a business has an integrator who's making the trains work on time and is working and focusing on operations. Um, but this this person is sort of bringing a, an aligning departments, allowing the business to generate the revenue that it needs to generate. So it can be pretty powerful. It can be pretty powerful. Well, I hope you know our listeners out there. If it's not a position that they've really thought about before, that it, at least it perks some interest in who in my organization thinks in this capacity, or right. or shows interest in this in this way, or how can we kind of create our own version of a CRO? Um, because again, you're all you know they're your businesses that are operating towards a certain goal and obviously strategy and alignment and communication needs to be there. So again, there are some versions of this CRO happening really at any level size company just gets to a point whether a role is 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 necessary in that work chart. Oh yeah. And that's the point of these episodes is to really highlight these different roles and you know components of the business and how they all really interact and work together. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, Catherine, it was a pleasure as always. We will uh, surely be having you back for future episodes well, and go, oh, go for it. I was going to say, thanks, Molly. It's always fun to just sort of, you know, share the passion that I, that I have for the different kinds of things that we do. So thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. I mean, you in particular for these discussions, I always think of because you're always living in that position vision world, especially right. within our <laughs> summit library folder. You're always <laughs> right. working on a new, a new position right. vision. Um, and so we would encourage, you know, listeners, if there's a position vision that you are interested in or learning about or a role on the org chart that you would like us to dive into, please let us know. We're happy to have those conversations. Um, or if you are an individual in this role and want to have a conversation, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. We love that real life kind of in-person situational experience. To be sure. We sure do. <laughs> uh, well, with that, we will leave it here until next time. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.